good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. What an amazing, amazing group of individuals with this music. I'm telling you, Reverend, Reverend Paula has done a great job. I mean, don't you feel like you're... You just made me an honorary reverend. There you go. Thank you very much. Somebody's got to do it. Don't you feel like a higher state of consciousness? I mean, seriously, that was just like, we could do that all day, all night. We should do that. They're doing the revivals. We might as well have one year. The music is really where it, you know, it kind of adds a whole new dimension to everything. And I was so glad, you know, after COVID, I was thinking, I'll come back here. What happened to the music team? And they're all here. So this is exciting. <clears throat> yeah. Now, we all felt COVID. And one thing is very clear about COVID. We're all connected. Every one of our brothers and sisters that are suffering, we felt it. And it's so refreshing to come into this church and to feel like an oasis of that burden. And that's kind of like what we had over the last three years. And it's still continuing. They just did some studies on um, adolescent women, you know, and teenagers. And um, I think it's 35% were having suicide thoughts and 50% feel totally lost. So we've, we've lost a whole generation. <clears throat> See, we have some serious things we need to make up. It's a good time to be a healer. And um, so today we're going to, and I wanted to come back and <clears throat> give Reverend James a break. <laughs> and uh, so he well deserves it. I, I know a lot of people in the community, and I have some clients in the community, regular ones. So it's, it's great to be back. Um, I wanted to kind of add an, the opposite of what COVID did. We're going to talk about our divinity and how we are part of the divine expression of the whole universe. So we're going to talk about miracles, yeah. bottom line. <laughs> and scientists hate the idea of miracles. Because when a miracle happens, it violates a law of nature. But the truth of the matter is that miracles, whoops, what happened there? <laughs> I'm flowing in the miracle. So it was this thing. Let's see if we can get started back where we're supposed to. I think. Hold on, hold on. Wait. No. All right, okay. We've got a, oh, we got a miracle man over here. Okay. So let's see if we can. So now here's the situation. Miracles happen all the time in the quantum. So what is the quantum? The quantum is 
the forces and the particles inside of the atom. And they have no space and time limitations because basically they're energy and matter at the same time, which is kind of crazy, but that's what happens. We'll see that in a minute. Now, physics studies waves on the subatomic level. And it's a whole different reality than regular physics. Now, some of the greatest physicists have concluded that the universe has a conscious design and force to it. But even more than that, the ancient physicists studied a book called the Upanishads. We're talking about Einstein, Schrodinger, Heidelberg, Tesla, you name them. And what does the Upanishads say? First of all, they're from India. And the main theme of it is all this is that. Meaning that we are the same force that created this whole universe. We're a part of it. So our consciousness is connected with that. It's huge. And that's what they were trying to, that's why they came up with the idea of one force. Because it's really one consciousness. It's really interesting. So, now, but meanwhile, we got to go back to regular physics. What are some of the rules that have been violated by, by quantum physics? So first of all, an object cannot be in two different places at the same time, right? Wrong. There we go. They can be, well, let me give you an example. An electron circling an atom. When we're watching it, it turns into particles. When nobody's watching it, it turns into waves. The only difference is we're watching it. Consciousness is involved. It collapses the energy into particles. So when nobody's watching it, it's everywhere at the same time, not just one place. Well, that gone is that law of nature. Here's another one. This is a big one. Nothing can go faster than the speed of light. This is the main theory of relativity, the big one. Schrodinger and Heidelberg, two very famous physicists, predicted that if you had a couple of electrons circling an atom, if they would become quantumly entangled, which means forever connected, even if you were to separate them by trillions of miles, if you pushed on one of them, the other one would instantaneously go in the exact same direction. In fact, so instantaneously, if you were to measure the, the speed of it, it's faster than the speed of light, the communication meaning. So this, Einstein hated this theory because it violated his principles. And God doesn't play dice with the universe, famous quote. But the truth of the matter is, they proved it wrong in 1981. And then they just redid the same experiment in the new cyclotron, getting much better power. And we found that not only did the two electrons communicate faster than the speed of light, it was 10,000 times faster than the speed of light. If you're going to break a law of nature, you might as well go all the way. <laughs> but the spookiest thing in physics is that consciousness is the quantum field. Consciousness. Now. This is the famous double slit experiment. It was on the movie, What to Bleep. People, a lot of people know about it. I want to kind of explain it in a very, try to make it simple, if I can. <laughs> but basically, it's, in the movie, What to Bleep, there was an eye there. The eye represents consciousness. And they were shooting little balls of photons and on, through those double slits, except they would be one line on the back wall. And there was the measuring device was on the first barrier, not on the back wall. So what happened was they shifted the measuring device to the back wall so that there was no measurements on the, on the front barrier. So the photon that was shoot, shot out could do whatever it wants to do. And what it decided it wanted to do 
was become an energy wave. And so basically the photon was going everywhere at once until it met the back wall when it was, when it was measured, when consciousness hit it. And so what happens is these energy waves would, would interfere with each other. It's kind of like dropping a couple pebbles in a, in a pond. It produces waves. The waves hit each other, and they interfere with each other, and they create more waves. And pretty soon you got a bunch of waves in the, in the pond. Very similar to that. In other words, what it proves is that consciousness collapses energy waves into particles. If there's no consciousness on the front barrier, it was a bunch of waves going through the two slits, even though they're in separate places, is going to them at the same time. So this is a huge dilemma. Matter and energy are basically the same thing. It all depends on consciousness. Okay? So what does this mean? Who is the consciousness that's creating particles from energy waves? Because without consciousness, you can't have particles. Without particles, you can't have people. You can't have Galaxies, you can't have stars, you can't have doggies. So, did physics discover this universal consciousness called God? I think so. And now, here's the big question Is our consciousness the same as the universal force that created this universe? Now, I like to, to look at this from four different possible research studies. And they've done, between all of them, there's over a 1,000 studies. And the research says resoundingly, yes. We are connected with it. We're part of it. And I like to separate them out into four different sections. The first one is the prayer research, which, by the way, Unity Church has been an active participant in. And in fact, participated in some of those amazing prayer studies, which we'll talk about in just a minute, that you can ever imagine. The second one was the research on how consciousness can influence our, our outer world by reducing crimes, auto accidents, and suicide. That was the research that I was involved with. And then the third one is we can know things before they happen. At least our body can know things before they happen. And the fourth one is that together we can make a bigger difference than we can alone. And what they did is they had consciousness influencing random number generated machines that are functioning from outer space radiation. In other words, quantum kind of radiation. So our consciousness can actually change the outer space radiation. Amazing stuff. So let's start with the prayer research. <clears throat> now, the prayer research, we all remember the first studies. They would take a ward of the hospital. They'd pray for that ward. They didn't pray for the surrounding wards. And what they found was the people they prayed for had better, um, had, better had less need for antibiotics, better quality of life. They were, in some cases, less deaths than the surrounding ward and usually spent less time in the hospital. And these were very reliable studies. They had a bunch of them done. And scientists at first said, no, 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 no. Then they said, OK, there is something to prayer. And what they said was really going on was positive thinking. Now, you can't be coming to this amazing church with Reverend James and not be aware of the fact that positive thinking makes a huge difference. It's kind of like this place is an oasis compared to what we've been living in in the last three years. But is prayer just positive thinking, or is it something else? All right, so they did another study. They did a triple-blind study. And this was done at a uh, hospital in Kansas City, which is the home of Unity. And it was done with uh, over 1,000 people that entered the hospital. <clears throat> the only difference is they didn't tell the people they were praying for them. Now think about it. If I'm sick, 
And Reverend James is praying for me. I get well faster because he's praying. But he doesn't tell me. I can't be getting well faster because it's positive thinking because I didn't know he was praying for me. Make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> then we did a triple blind study. Nobody knew what they were being prayed for. Nobody even knew what they were in a study. They prayed for half, didn't pray for the other half. And of course, the people they prayed for had the same results as the other studies. Even the doctors and nurses didn't even know. Now, this blew a lot of people's minds. So they did another prayer research study. <clears throat> and they did a bunch of them, but this is one of the ones more interesting, I think. They were praying for people in Korea. So somebody, somehow the prayers had to go through Molten Rock and whatever else is in the middle of the world and arrive at the right person in Korea. And it was a women's in vitro fertilization clinic, women trying to get pregnant. And again, they didn't know they were being prayed for. And what they found is the women who were being prayed for had a 50% greater chance of getting pregnant than women who weren't being prayed for. Brings a whole new dimension to the idea of immaculate conception, but we won't touch that one here. <laughs> so, now, so this, this, is in, this is intriguing. So this is, this is huge because it means that what we do inside can make a difference on the outside world. Now, here's the interesting thing about it, though. The energy emanating from our brain is insignificant. It basically does Can you hear it? Okay, there I am. It doesn't even get past the skull bones. So there is no energy emanating from our brain that can do it. As a matter of fact, the energy emanating from a heart is many thousand times greater, at least, at least magnetically, than the brain. So we can't think our way into this situation, all right? So um, it's called, maybe we can call it spooky action at a distance. The quantum kind of thing. All right, so our consciousness is not located in our brain. That's a huge discovery. Because there's nothing there that can do this. Maybe it's one of those quantum things. Now, so this means that our inner world is connected to the outer world. Because we couldn't be able to, re to connect with that and change it if we didn't have something else going on inside of us. All right? Now, what the bleep do we know? Talked about a lot of this kind of interesting research. If you haven't had a chance to see the movie, it's really incredible. They talked about some of my research in the movie, where, we've, we, where we showed that people meditating using TM, Transcendental Meditation, could actually reduce the crimes, auto accidents, and suicides. Far out stuff. And it worked. We did 40 studies. Nobody even knows there's 40 studies, but there are 40 studies done. Many of them published in mainstream journals, by the way. And, um, so what we do inside can influence the outside world. That's the huge, huge, huge promise that these techniques give us. Now, here's the big question. Everybody wants to know how we did it. How did you reduce the crimes? You must have had some intentions, right? Well, I have to, in order to reduce crimes, you gotta have intentions, right? How about this? How about we never once thought about crimes? Hmm, that's an interesting one. How can you reduce crimes without having any intentions? That's, maybe that's it. Yeah, that's a good one. She said maybe I got love. What we did is we surrendered the results. We got out of the way. We let the divine flow through us. Remember, if the divine's already there and part of us, all we've got to do is get out of the way, which is the hardest thing to do sometimes. We're our own worst enemies. I'm going to be able to notice that after a while. 
And that's it. So basically, we let the divine flow, th th flow through us. Now, Charles Fillmore, one of the co-founders of Unity Church, has that as a way to manifest. Surrender the results. Surrender the results. Okay? Now, if you want something, what are you attracting? Lack, right? You don't have it. So you have to circumvent this whole problem. People ask me, what, how do you know what, to, what, what, what you want? Well, how about this? If you get out of the way, the divine already knows what you want. Why do you need to tell God what you want? <laughs> All it does is activate the left hemisphere, which we'll talk about later on, which interferes with your ability to manifest. So you want to get out of the way, which means getting out of the way of the left hemisphere. Okay. So is our consciousness then beyond time-space limitations? This is about the body. What we're going to find out now is that this is the third group of research studies that prove that we're beyond time and space. And this is the ones that were done in our body to measure our body anxiety. It was actually an experiment done by accident. And um, they had a, two groups. One group was, and they, and they split, I should say this, they split people into two different groups. One group would see the, the um, pictures that are very negative, those of a, a morgue, and the other group would have pictures in, in a nature scene. And they were trying to measure anxiety in the body. And they figured that every time there would be a picture coming up within morgue, then that would increase anxiety with the GSR. They're using a GSGSR machine. And they found that there was indeed a spike of anxiety. But it didn't happen after the negative photo happened. It happened before. First of all, they thought there was a big mistake, so they repeated the experiment in a different laboratory, stayed away. And then it had the same results. Then they said, well, let's look inside the MRI in the brain. And what they found was inside the brain, the whole brain would light up with anxiety about four seconds, two to four seconds before the negative photo was presented, and not before the positive one. This is mind-boggling. We know what's going to happen in our body. It doesn't mean you're consciously aware of it. Our body kind of knows what's going on. Remember this old adage, I, I knew it in my gut? There's a lot of truth to that. <clears throat> OK. So knowing in advance, prove it. OK. Now the fourth group is the group that was done by Princeton. And what they did is they took cosmic radiation from outer space, and they formulated a machine with that. And basically, the output for the machine was like 1010. And then they took college freshmen and had them concentrate on this machine to see if they could change the output from 1010 to 111 or 000. I know when I was a college freshman, I couldn't do that. I was too much recovering from all this, getting out of, getting out of house and having some free time. So, um, but anyway, they'd get these college kids to do it. And they found that there was a small increase in results, but very little. So they had a brilliant idea. Let's, let's get more people doing it at the same time. So instead of just one, they had groups of people, five, six, seven. And all of a sudden, the results started becoming much clearer. So what they decided to do is put these machines all over the world. And these machines then measured the output from the collective consciousness. So every time there was a group thing going on, like the opening ceremonies for the Olympics, there was millions of people watching those opening ceremonies. And the machines would go crazy. Instead of 1010, they'd do 111 or 000. And 
they think they did 250 of these studies. The, the, you know, the, the tsunami, the hurricane, all kinds of stuff like that. It was pretty fascinating. And they did this, and they finally stopped the project, but they, they had proven their point, that what we do is, when we do it together, is far more powerful than we do it alone. Huge. Okay, so as a result of all this, we can come up with four or five major conclusions. First of all, we're all connected. And what that means is we're all connected. What we do inside makes a huge difference in the outside world. And we all knew it from COVID. We could feel our brothers and sisters' pain. It felt like our pain. And that's why, I mean, we're still having the ramifications of all that. But more importantly, we can also do something about it. We're not helpless. And in the right regard, one of my favorite books, My Stroke of Insight, was by a neuroscientist uh, from Harvard. And she had a stroke that shut down her left hemisphere, that pesky little left hemisphere we talked about. And that what happened was, instead of being in agony, she was in ecstasy. She had the traditional mystical experience. And she had six strokes, and she couldn't even call the, you know, the 911 or anything. She was totally helpless. And she decided to come back and tell us that you got to get out of your left hemisphere. And it's real easy to get out of your left hemisphere. Not. <laughs> what does the left hemisphere do? It's the pesky, always monkey brain thing. Go on the thoughts, the, the scripts in your head that are saying you're not good enough, this is too much, you can't handle it. It's, that, it's the doubts and all that stuff that's going on. And that's what she said. we got to get out of that, that state. And then you can you know, live that life that we all want to, want, to, want to achieve. But more importantly, we can, do, we can do miracles in our own life and help out other people. So um, she gave us clues. Now, <clears throat> this second major conclusion is we can change the outside world simply by changing ourselves. This is huge. I've probably done close to 15,000 clients in the last 20, 25 years. And invariably, I, can, I do a lot of women who are interested in self-development, and they're trying to drag their husbands in. And he doesn't want to do it or whatever. And I say, well, let's, let's get you changed first. You have a lot of negative ideas about your husband. Why don't we change your thoughts first? Of course, I do it much less directly. And so then, and then interesting things happen. All of a sudden, he's doing the dishes. All of a sudden, he's holding her hand, becoming romantic. All of a sudden, everything she was complaining about has started to go away. I'm serious. And it works. So we don't all have to change the outside world. All we got to do is change our quantum world. This is what we have to do. And then the, our outside world will change, OK? Now, but this is easier said than done, because some of this stuff is in our subconscious. In fact, Deepak Chopra and Bruce Lipton have both said, unless we can change the out inside subconscious, this is the new frontier for energy work. We have to do that, because that's what's holding us back. Uh, and then another one, together we can make a bigger difference than we can alone. When we come into this amazing church, how many people feel it's almost like coming into an oasis of, of goodness and light and love? 
You feel the love. It's palpable. I mean, when I come in here, it's like, oh, my God, this is so incredible. And, you know, we, you know, and the more we have coming to this church, the more the effects. It's huge. And we are making a difference. We are making a difference. It's hard to see sometimes. But with like the way we do warfare, we're not bombing indiscriminately anymore. We're, you know, we're worried about, you know, civil, civil, you know, civil, 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 civilians, I got it right. I'm thinking civilization. Uh, civilian, we're, thinking about, we're worried about things. We're doing everything differently to, make, to honor life than we did before, at least as far as war goes. But a lot of things. We're wanting to make sure everyone's taken care of. And those are signs that our consciousness is expanding. We're realizing other people's pain is our pain. So, and the last one is life after death. Now, life after death, that's a, that's a huge one. But the truth of the matter is, and I've, I've worked with a lot of people, everybody has doubts at one time or another. We all do. It is so refreshing to be living in a time when science is disproving these doubts. And actually, we can create something new. It's proving that we can do it, which helps convince us, which in turn helps the things come true better. So what we're doing is we're also trying to convince ourselves and our subconscious at the same time to help to have these amazing results. Part of it is, part of it is you have to have confidence that it's going to work. It's not the most important thing. But it's, it adds confidence every time you make one of these things work. So it's huge. So science washes away our doubts because it proves spirituality. It's one of the most exciting times to be alive. And, by, and this is the key. By surrendering to divine love, our consciousness is beyond time and space limitations. The trick is to get out of the way and let the divine flow through you. Great. Well, I'm excited. Thank you very much for giving me a chance to, to uh, help inspire you, hopefully. Thanks again. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh